Hello, I'm Mark Weaver, president of Mark Weaver & Associates Interior Design. I'd like to invite you to our Instagram Live series called Designers at Home. It's every other Friday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time. It's a casual, informative, and exclusive discussion with renowned architects, interior designers, and artists from around the world. This half-hour podcast program is a recording of the live talk addressing all things design and architecture related, along with personal anecdotes and inspiration. Guests have included Emmy-nominated set decorator Peter Gursky, one of America's leading sculptors, Sabin Howard, renowned architect and artist Leo Marmel, and art advisor extraordinaire Barbara Guggenheim. We look forward to you joining us. Thank you. Uh, you know, I remember meeting you. We both were on a panel at the PDC um, a few years ago. And then I remember sitting next to you at, at a lecture and we were chatting up the storm. And I thought, geez, she's charming. And we both introduced ourselves and I'd never met you. And, but I've always admired your work and what a, a brilliant businesswoman you are. So it was nice to meet you, but it's particularly nice to be able to just sit here and chat with you today. Thanks. So, Same way. So, Sue, um, are you, you're at your home in um, Santa Inez? Yes, yes. Yeah. At home in our 100-acre ranch, which started off 25 years ago as a second home when I lived in L.A., but morphed very quickly about 23 years ago into a permanent home for me and my family, and it's a fantastic place to live. Yeah, I've seen pictures of it. It's, it's spectacular. You have beautiful grounds. It overlooks Lake Kachuma. <laughs> Yes. It's, it's an idyllic place to be. So how did you happen to choose Santa Inez for your home base? Um, some members of my family had traveled to Lake Kachuma as sort of a recreational thing, you know, 40, 50 years ago. So when we came up here, it just was so idyllic for a place to raise our kids. And we wanted to, you know, basically get out of L.A. Uh, we've homeschooled all of them here until they reach high school. And then they begged to go to public school. And it was an easy decision to actually pick up roots and move from L.A. to San Inez, like I said, 23 years ago. It's been a great journey for us. In the middle of nature, we're on the edge of Los Virginis National Forest. Yeah, it's very spectacular. So um, you, are you a California native? I've lived here since I was five. Grew up in Malibu, which was incredible childhood for me. It was way back before the celebrities were there in the 60s and had a horse I rode on the beach every day and was really out in nature all the time. So I consider myself a native Californian. So I know that um, you've said in the past that um, nature has a lot to do with you influencing your design and what you do, how you approach things. How is that? Explain that a little bit. Well, I think for me, being outside when I was young was sort of a spiritual rejuvenation and I didn't realize it until my late teens that how important it was to me and then I went into major uh in art and pottery at uh Cal State Northridge so I was just you know loved anything natural and anything to, that was inspired by outside and then kind of falling into the interior design industry was the whole story in itself but for me now designing products I'm really getting a chance to produce my vision and my own personal look because for you know 40 some years really I was listening to clients and executing their look so in a way I'm having the time of my life now with designing product which is all nature influenced and also influenced by the 60s and 70s 
Well, and I think just a, a little bit later, I want to talk about your your products yes. and what you've developed because I know that's your your new passion. So, um, so we'll talk about that. So, um, your design business, um, you do uh, work. Uh, I think you said you do work about sixty percent of your work is residential, and about forty percent is in the hospitality area. And do you find them equally satisfying or? I think our staff would, um, and myself would agree that um, they're very different because you're dealing with, you know, on a residential, you're dealing with more emotions. On a hospitality, you're dealing with more politics. So there's a parallel. Mm. But in terms What's of- What's the most difficult, personality or politics? <laughs> it switches. You know, we did a lot of work years back in the 80s and 90s for Disney. And that was actually, we got into a good rhythm. We ended up doing 20 projects when Michael Eisner was head of Disney. We got into a rhythm. We understood what he was looking for. He was very hands-on. He picked out every chair fabric, every chair. It was kind of surprising, you know, somebody running a mega billion dollar company. Right. It was very hands-on. But in terms of doing somebody's own home, I think there's more emotions caught up in it. And you get closer to the clients, if you will. So I think both are equally rewarding but different problems and issues arrive always challenges let's say yeah yeah i've worked on a couple residential or um commercial projects and um it's when you're dealing with a board of people mm -hmm. it's always i find it always challenging because everybody has a different idea about design about the direction it should be headed and it is a game of um politics and yeah. you find yourself being, um, you know, sort of the ambassador that's trying to keep this right. all um, sane and moving forward. Yeah. So I always say that, you know, 10% of our job is talent and 90% of it is psychology. Uh, absolutely. That was my minor in, in uh, college. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think everybody that's going into a career as a designer should have courses in, in uh, psychology. You have to, Mark, otherwise you won't survive. <laughs> yeah. So do you have, um, um, you know, I'm, I, you have a fabulous website and I know that it was just redone and it's really stunning, Sue. Um, and I was looking at some of your hospitality projects. Is there one that you have done that particularly sticks out in your mind or you thought might be a favorite? I, you know, I thought about that when we talked a few days ago. The one that pops into my memory first is we had the opportunity to do a hotel in Namibia. That's a mouthful. Um, so going to Africa again and again, and really being in the most beautiful country, Africa to me is one of the most unusual continents in the world. And I've always had an incredible experience there, both on safari, but also the people and the culture and just the vast landscape. So doing uh, this project allowed me to really see a whole new part of Africa, which I enjoyed. And luckily our client wanted the hotel to be modern, but themed culturally, locally. So it was a great experience and I'll never forget it. It was, I love traveling for hotel projects, but um, now I travel personally, you know, for inspiration. But that project really stood out to me as a unique opportunity. It was a 20 hour flight. <laughs> so it was, you know, but it was worth it. Were you working with a, um, um, an architect from here or were you working? No. You were? Local architect. Local architect. Oh, okay. Well, that's that's very exciting. So what, what was unusual about that project that you wouldn't have, say, on a typical 
Four Seasons Hotel in Miami or somewhere. Was, was a native from Namibia and she was a very important woman. Uh, she was educated in San Jose, California. So she really wanted to be respectful to her culture and to also to the beauty of the sand dunes of Namibia, which you know have become more and more famous since mm -hmm. had a baby there. <laughs> That's when it actually got put on the map. But it's it's just a, a fantastic, incredible uh, African country that is just so beautiful. And so she was fantastic in allowing us to bring in the culture and the landscapes into our design. And it was challenging, but really rewarding. Very That's great. So. I know that you and I both uh, share the same passion for travel, and it obviously has a great influence on how we approach design. So um, you also have a, a wonderful um, sailing yacht, and you're able to travel by boat, by ship, and that's got to be very exciting. So where do you do you have an agenda set out where where each year you have uh, maybe a different direction that you, how do you have? Um, the boat was, uh, we designed it and had it built in Via Reggio, Italy. So it's an Italian boat. So of course we love going to Europe and it's an incredible Mediterranean boat. But one of my favorite places in the world is French Polynesia. And that's an 18 day sail to get there, which is an experience in and of itself. Yes. Now, only the owners of this boat, we actually are, are the crew, the family is the crew. So we, we don't have servants. We are the cleaning up and doing everything. So it's, it's really an opportunity for our family to be together uh, a few months of the year and be confined together and experience the beauty of the world. So we love it. It's been an experience for 45 years of our family life. Oh, that's wonderful. Yeah. So I take it you're um, your whole family is enjoys it as much as you do. Absolutely. Absolutely. So tell tell me some of the places that that this has taken you. That well, Europe, of course, is a no brainer because it's an incredible experience to be in the Mediterranean to experience Europe from the water. Mm -hmm. um, hasn't done that. I hope and get that opportunity in their lifetime. It's very different than traveling on land. But for me, I love nature and the tropics. We when we go to French Polynesia, we find this little atoll which is a sunken volcano rim, 30 right. feet across, and it's called Rangaroa. Right. There's basically, we sail to the other end of it and are there for a few weeks, and we don't see any other people or boats or anything. So it's our own blue lagoon, if you will. And um, it's paradise. It's just magical for me. I've always loved that type of being in nature and, you know, having no other civilization around i think it's incredible yeah everything is so pure and untouched yeah. also i remember i had never heard of rangaro and i remember uh my parents first trip to tahiti when i was gee i think it was before i was in high school and they came back with pictures that just oh. blew me away and i was just stunned by the beauty of it so that was always on the list of places to go and i'm uh, was headed there last year, but um, had to cancel the trip. But um, yeah, it's it's pretty spectacular. It's and you had a wonderful trip to Bali also, you'd mentioned. Yeah, I love Bali. Um, we had been there both for business and for on, on our boat. Um, you know, the Almond Hotels, which are all over the world, I think do an incredible job of, you know, really 
creating a sense of place. And there's one particular hotel there called Amankila, which is built in the treetops. Yes. So above everything and you literally again you're surrounded by nature and it's very quiet and very again spiritually invigorating great experience yeah do do you happen to know um ed tuttle um, of course of course i don't know yeah ed tuttle um is an architect uh who lives yep. in paris very dear friend of my brother's and ed has designed most of the um almond resorts Amazing. and it is you know um, staying at one of the Amman resorts is really a spiritual experience, isn't it? That it, yes. You Absolutely. know, from the moment they pick you up at the airport, the car, um, the person that's picking you up, their uniform, um, the little amenities, I mean, down to the shampoo bottles, it's, it's remarkable what they do. Absolutely. So, um, Asian, go to any Amman resort anywhere. Yeah, yes. <laughs> And also go to the hotels you've done. They're pretty spectacular. Absolutely. Thanks, yeah, and Mark. you can see them on your website. Thank you. So um, for, your own, for your own home there in, in San Inez, um, you know, everyone is always curious about how designers live mm. and how they go about doing something for themselves. So do you approach your home the same, the same way you do a typical job? Or is it different for you? Or we've got a, we have a big family, so we have to, you know, I have to interview every patients. <laughs> what, you know, what do you think of their room? But it was a Politics public... again. Yes, again, of course, an emotion. Got to keep the emotional level good, good and even. So, but, you know, we live very much close to nature out here. It's pretty casual. There's no formality uh, in this home at all. It's, um, you know, kids are running in and out, so it has to be extremely durable. So that's why, you know, any hospitality experience that I've had always comes into play for actually any residential project we do because more and more people want their homes to have certain rooms or certain places be bulletproof, like a hotel. And right. I think knowledge is invaluable, and especially up here where we have kids running around and grandchildren running around, and they come in and out, and you have to be able to wipe it down yeah, Pract uh, practicality and design. Absolutely. So I know some of um, their students from the UCLA class that I lecture to are watching this. And I thought it might be interesting um, to ask you this. One of the questions that I'm always asked is, what is the best way to get started in this business, in this interior design industry? And, you know, you're at the top of the field somebody that people greatly admire how how would you answer that i i think you have to expect to start at the bottom and that's what i did and i'm sure mm -hmm. i've been listening to during this point you know has similar stories um i was listening to nate burkus and jeremiah and you know everybody has a story of michael berman you know of just basically starting at the bottom it's in the mail room if you will the parallel to uh hollywood where you know i was the junior uh, designer. I was the receptionist. I was the bookkeeper. I was the librarian. You know, being able to do everything, I think, is the best way to learn all aspects of the business and really to learn every part of it. And then you can know which part you enjoy the most. Some people don't like meeting with clients. Some people like being in the office. Some people like travel. Some people are very confident in meeting with clients. So it's it's a matter of getting to know who you are 
but you have to start as an intern or at a very, you know, beginning level. And then you absorb uh, everything you can, ask questions of everybody. It's not an intrusion. People are complimented when you ask questions. And people are always anxious. That people that are um, inquisitive and want to learn, people are more than happy to um, teach them. And it's great. I know when we're looking. Um, to interview people. I want people that are inquisitive. I want to see their enthusiasm. You know, but I think doing anything in the real life situation, wow, you just, you're like a sponge. You absorb everything. If right. You're right. In the beginning of the hall, it's just really learning everything you can. And then again, being tuned into yourself and seeing what you are comfortable with, what you enjoy, and then furthering that into your career and creating a roadmap at the beginning. Yeah, well, that's that's really good advice, and I agree with you. So what I'd like to do is now talk to you about your new passion. So the things that you're designing. Um, so tell me a little bit about how this came, wh why you wanted to do this, um, because your your design business is very successful, and what made you want to branch out? Luckily for me, I, the, the, the best words of advice I had early on from a business standpoint was replace yourself. Now, that's a hard one, Mark, because we all have egos and we all have vanity. But mm. that advice, and I really did replace myself with Kara Smith, who runs the day-to-day -day operation of SFA Design. And she's actually started a new division with, you know, for high, high-end residential for the billionaire clients we have with called KES Studio. So I replaced myself in terms of running the company because for me, when I hit, I'm just going to say my early 60s, after 40 years of showing swatches to clients, <laughs> I decided I need to do something different. And I think it's important to, like I said before, be attuned to yourself, what makes sense for you. So luckily I care to take over the day-to-day -day running of the company. And I started feeling like I wanted to actually produce design things I loved. And again, I go back to Malibu, the 60s, the 70s, and my original design icons, which were Michael Taylor and Steve Chase, who, you know, really, to me, created the California look you yes. know, in the early 70s and into the 80s. So I became, you know, very inspired to create products that reflected who I was, 
because again, for 40 years of designing for clients, that was sort of in the background and not able to blossom, if you will. So I've had the pleasure of being able to blossom, you know, with in Kravik with a 76 skew fabric line plus trim and wallpaper. And it's been a fantastic experience, you know, working with them. They definitely are the best in the business in terms of fabric and textiles. And Scott Kravik is, he's got, he's got it in his blood. Um, and then with A. Rudin, again, who is a hundred year old, also family, again, generational that, again, that they know the California look, they're factories mm -hmm. in Los Angeles. But I pr approached them to do sort of a live edge, more feminine, if you will, first female designer for them, you know, uh, furniture line. And that's been very successful. Then I've gone on to develop a line for fuse lighting, working with Kevin. Um, Kolonoski. For saying that. <laughs> yes. Yeah, but he's been, he was fantastic. We designed a capsule collection of lighting that's just been launched and a line for country floors that's very, I think if you watch the movie um, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, it's that's the era, like 1969, um, you know, the surfboards, and I'll show you that in a minute. And so, and then rug collection and it's so on. So I'm just, I really feel like I'm just at the beginning of my product design career and I'm enjoying it. It's not, it doesn't feel like work. <laughs> work. Well, that's the beauty of it. If you can do this at, at that point in your career Absolutely. and just, Love it. That's so exciting. So has technology um, today played any role in in the design of your merchandise? You know, that's an interesting question, Mark. I, I think that the only thing is, I would say, communication technology. Like with Kravit, because they've done this so many times, um, they, they made it very easy for me. I sent my mood boards there, went and had a session with their designers, and then we would have you know, Zoom FaceTime calls, and I would approve or tweak, you know, via what we're doing right now, face-to-face uh, -face over, you know, rather than having to travel to New York. So I'd say the technology is really about communication for me, um, has made it very easy. So, but other than that, I'm not a very techie person. I'm a, you know, aging baby boomer. Who, well, you and I are the same. It took us a little while to coordinate this talk because yeah. we're both in the same situation. <laughs> but I think that the terms of communication, yes, it's been a huge benefit for me in designing product. Uh-huh. And in designing product, how do you see, um, what do you see the changes going forward in product, product design? Because things right now, we're in a real important crux of change at this moment, don't you think? Absolutely. And the thing that I, I, I'm hearing from my clients, you know, and Kara, who has her pulse even more on the day-to-day -day clients, I think that in terms of being renewable, recycled, um, sustainable, all of those words, you know, they've been around since the 60s, but they're popping up more and more. And I think both clients and designers want to get real. So we're starting to not just go into a trend of that, but the demand is really, hey, let's really be conscious of, you know, not ruining this planet. And I think that this time has made us all more aware, you know, the air getting cleaner. Let's not ship everything from China. Let's try to make it in America. Let's try to right. recycle. So I think that that trend, if you will, is just going to become more and more real. The demand from our clients is becoming more and more. And the wealth the the wealthier they are, the more they actually are, you know, really responsive to green, recycled, sustainable. It makes them feel better. So yeah. I think designers, um, 
we'll need to respond to that and manufacturers too. So just, you know, again, the products were very limited in terms of what we would show our clients, you know, 20 years ago, not very classy or, but like, for instance, we were talked about earlier, the commercial fabrics now that you, that hold up. Right. Look curious as. Oh, they're incredible that we use, we use commercial fabrics, indoor, outdoor fabrics inside. They hold up in what you said earlier about, you know, you have children, grandchildren. Um, we use indoor outdoor fabrics in family rooms because they have dogs and pets and kids and people don't don't want to worry about their furniture. So these types of things are very important and very practical. I mean, I, I think a lot of people think what we do is very extravagant and we don't think about practicality, but we do. Absolutely. And especially <laughs> you have grandchildren, so you understand that completely. <laughs> That's a trend I see, Mark. And I just think that, you know, again, it's been around since the 60s that all of that terminology, but it's real now. We really do yeah. need to, you know, not make everything in China fly it over and, you know, ruin our earth. We need to really try to be sensitive all the way around. Yes, we do. That's nice to hear. Um, so, Sue, do we get to see a little bit of um, what you've created? I know that yeah. you said you'd bring a few things to show us. So it's, I think it's show and tell time. Absolutely. So okay. um, I'm not sure how to do this. So the camera is facing me. So I guess I'm gonna turn the phone around and show you, Mark. Yeah. Um, I've laid out uh, some of my favorite Kravit. Like I said, there's 76 SKUs, but I'm gonna turn around and show you. Still talking. It's actually great to see them in the sunlight. These are very, very high-end couture level from Kravit. But a lot of beautiful shears, uh, trims. I'm just going to hold up some of my favorite, you know, you can see the yes. silhouettes are pretty spectacular. Is that linen? They're a combination of linen and hand printed. And uh -huh. I've made out a kind of a whole random layer here of the skews, which are actually great outside. <laughs> you don't usually get that in the showroom. And um, again, these are at the very high end of the draperies and shears. Very pretty. And two, you know, hand printed velvets, you know, all inspired again, the, co the collection is called Malibu. Um, let me give you a little view of my Vista. <laughs> wow, that's unbelievable. I was gonna say, can you take a second and yes. um, show us the background? Yeah. So basically you're looking at the pool, our pond, which is for fire prevention. And then beyond that is Lake Kachuma. And, you know, again, it's, this is our paradise. And I think you asked me, Mark, what I do for fun. I spend an hour to it every day outside since I'm not traveling this summer. And the other thing I'm doing for fun, by the way, you'll laugh is watching HGTV. <laughs> I've gotten really, I've never watched it before, but until the quarantine, but I love it. Um, so, you know, especially Nat and uh, Jeremiah and the Property Brothers, love them. And here, Mark, is my collection for country tiles. Okay. The surfboard and the shelf. Oh, I see. Sure. And this very, it's very 60s, isn't it? Yeah. I, I you know, they think that again, the colors, if you, if you see Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, it's totally the colors that were in that. And, um. So hopefully that gives you a little sense. And of course, if we had more time, I'd love to show you the collection for A. Rudin and Fuse, but another time. 
Yeah, we'll do that another time. Yeah. Um, and so what, what, what is next for you? Where do you want to go with this? What other I types of things do you want to create for the line other than tiles and fabrics? I would love to do um, plumbing. <laughs> I really would. I've, I've oh, okay. been a line of plumbing. I haven't really, you know, thought about who or what. I yet. think that's a brilliant idea because it, it, it is somewhat limited. We all tend to use the same things over and over. And I would love to do a line of outdoor furniture. Uh-huh. Because, uh, again, it, especially, again, during these times, I know my family, we, we're living outside. You live outdoors. We're living outside. And, you know, even when I did my favorite room with Kravit, I said, can I do outside? They said, yes, because that's really where we spend our time. But I think I would love to do a line of outdoor furniture, outdoor fabrics, and, you know, plumbing. I don't know. I think it's, you know, there's, there's so many opportunities and I'm just trying to actually gather my inspirations. And like I said, HGTV, I've, I've been surprised how much I've been, been enjoying watching that during the quarantine. It's been fun and kind of living vicariously because I'm not out remodeling right now. Right. What these designers are doing on TV and plus the personalities are so charming and lovable. It's been oh, fun. That's great. Well, Sue, you're, you really are an inspiration. And... Um, <laughs> Thank you so much for joining me. This is a lot of fun. And I know that everybody um, has enjoyed listening to you because um, I'm a person that greatly admires you and what you've accomplished. And, um, and, and especially to see you at home and see you in that incredible setting. So thank you. And um, um, maybe we can have another talk and um, you'll show us another part of your collection that, uh, in the next few months. We'll do this again. I'd love that, Mark. Thanks again for the opportunity. Thank you, Sue. Thank you for listening to Designers at Home. Follow us on Instagram at Mark Weaver and Associates to listen to live or subscribe to this podcast. If you found this podcast valuable and insightful, share it with your friends, comment, and subscribe. We are also on YouTube at Mark Weaver & Associates. Thank you.